Welcome to Art Worlds with me, Dr. Cleo Roberts Comoretti. This is the podcast that tells you all about the art worlds you might have missed. We're going to journey around the globe and talk to artists, patrons and curators from Cambodia to the Democratic Republic of Congo. With this, we'll build a truly international perspective of the many thriving art worlds. Trinidad and Tobago. The southernmost island country in the Caribbean lies close to South America and the coastline of Venezuela and Guyana. The two islands, with their soaring mountains, steep waterfalls and lush coral reefs, offered visions of paradise to Western explorers. But the hypnotic beauty of the place became the setting for a protracted tragedy. Trinidad in particular has a history of slavery enforced by Spanish and British colonisers as well as French settlers. This oppressive legacy influenced the island's art, giving rise in 1929 to the Society of Trinidad Independence, a pioneering group of poets, painters and writers who increasingly sought intellectual autonomy. Their far-reaching ideas paved the way for subsequent generations of artists, whose own creativity was bolstered by political independence from Britain in 1962. And today, Port of Spain, the lively capital of Trinidad and Tobago, has cemented itself as the centre of the island state's artistic activity. Adeline Gregoire, an artist and curator, co-founded CultureGo, a platform dedicated to showcasing art and design from Trinidad and Tobago. She's made it her mission to amplify the work of Trinidadian creatives, and over the last year has been developing Hot Sun, an online community of Caribbean contemporary artists. There you'll find artworks, recorded talks and articles. She told me about its inception and how she's incessantly energised by the island's artists. You're based in Trinidad and Tobago and from here... You founded Culture Go magazine in 2013 and also the online platform Hot Sun Caribbean in 2021. Both initiatives showcase artists, both emerging and established, from across the Caribbean and its diaspora. The Caribbean itself is a multitude of islands um, across three regions. So do you think you can characterize the arts as a whole? Sure. So I, well, I can only attempt to, uh, but first of all, um, I think that, um, you know, here in the Caribbean, we actually see ourselves pretty much as a part of a region. And I think the limitations or the, or the, the divide or the separation is more linked to the language barriers. For example, you know, like we don't see ourselves as the lesser Antilles, the greater Antilles, you know, separated in a geographical <clears throat> way, I think it's really where the languages are concerned. So we definitely have a distinct French speaking world. We have a, you know, we have a Spanish speaking world. We have the English speaking world. There's a Dutch speaking world as well. Um, so that's definitely where the, you know, the, the slight differences come in. Um, in terms of trying to characterize or, or say what the arts world would be, for me, I, I think it's just, it, it would be dynamic, ever evolving, constant. Uh, I think um, 
you know, one thing in the Caribbean is I feel as of creativity and creative expression. This is really a part of who we are. It sounds pretty cliche, but I just think that everything we do, um, a lot of our ritual, our tra traditions, uh, there's a lot of performance involved. So maybe, you know, maybe we have not labeled it uh, as art or, you know, contemporary art or contemporary work. But, you know, this is the, this is the, the whole ensemble of creative work that we do. So, yeah, so I think it's just very wide and, and very varied. And just as, you know, as we, we started off saying, just as the region is comprised of a multitude of islands and a multitude of places and microspaces, uh, this is exactly the image of the arts that we are producing here in the Caribbean. Mm. And it really links into what I also wanted to, to ask you, which is more about the Hot Sun platform, which creates opportunities for artists and you say you're making space for them in an international market, but you're also very clear that you don't want to engage with an imported gaze. And what I'm really interested in is where or who this gaze is imported from and how you resist it. I mean, let's be frank. Uh, you know, the Caribbean has for a very long time uh, been in the collective imaginary, uh, some sort of vacation space a backyard, even a playground, you know, um, for, for many. And for many, uh, let's be specific as well, I would say, you know, to the Western world, the Western gaze, um, even in the way that we refer to, to some spaces, you know, we have developed countries versus developing countries. So, you know, this already establishes a very clear hierarchy and very clear postures as well in terms of what we expect when we go to certain countries, when we go to certain islands, uh, when we travel, you know, all of these are things that we, we have been fed, we have assimilated these things, and it operates at a very subconscious level. So we actually do have, you know, we're not thinking uh, that we're expecting anything in particular when we're traveling, but somehow we do know uh, that if, you know, if I go to the UK or if I go to the United States, there's already a list of cultural activities that I know I'm going to, uh, I'm going to visit, you know, there are already structures that are there, there are museums, there are institutions, you know, um, and reality actually meets, matches those expectations. However, when, you know, I feel still with the Caribbean and a lot of island spaces, what has happened is, historically and you know it continues up to now we're still reeling from from our histories uh history and our various histories uh we're still um we are still in the process of crafting our own narratives and undoing a certain number of stories that have been uh that have been placed on us um and so when i speak of imported gazes uh, I think this is actually what we have been suffering from. It's, it's pretty damaging in the sense that even we begin to think that we are just sun, sea, sex, and sand, you know, that we are, uh, we are definitely this very exotic place. And yes, why that is true, um, you know, there's so much else, there's so much more that occurs in the Caribbean, uh, you know, in the various spaces of the Caribbean, there's so much more to do. As we, you know, as we started off saying, you know, our cultural scene is just so vibrant. It's always been here. 
our contemporary art scene is, you know, just, it is burgeoning, it's growing. It's that, you know, it's, it's just a, a myriad of stories all the time. Have you seen the, you know, gaze or gazes change recently as the world has changed and become more aware of the biases that have operated across many different parts of the world? Yeah, so I would say like this is uh, this has been a, a movement or a shifting in perspective that has been happening. I mean, I am uh, I'm not super young, but uh, <laughs> you know, I think within my lifetime, within the past twenty years, at least you know, in my young adulthood, I can definitely see um, the way in which, uh, let's say, people of color the BIPOC communities, uh, Caribbean people, Caribbean artists and cultural workers are definitely making it a point in a more intentional way to frame this, frame our stories in, in the way that, you know, um, feels more comfortable and that is actually uh, a more fidel or, or more fidel to reality and our lived experiences. So I would definitely say that. And then, you know, we then have um, world events, for example, the entire Black Lives, Lat uh, Black Lives Matter movement, um, which was just a global, it just provoked a global transformation. You know, I think that was really just one of those defining moments in the height of a pandemic, which sort of um, really called the world um, in a collective way to think about how we have been engaging with uh, quote unquote minorities, visible minorities, uh, indigenous peoples, people of color again. And again, these underrepresented spaces uh, which have been uh, historically erased or just excluded for a number of reasons from the table. Uh, so yeah, I think um, there's definitely a shift and I think that shift is we're only at the very beginning um, but people are definitely engaging with with their histories in a more aware and intentional way to address, you know, a number of things historically. It's also interesting in the context of Trinidad and Tobago, which has a legacy of artist associations and societies who were really... Like, who were really strong in their sense of self and trying to project that through their work and I sort of see hot sun as continuing in that vein and how does it work like in a very practical way across the many islands like what are your networks how are you exchanging with all these different artists yeah so so to give us uh, to give us some context Hutton is pretty young. Uh, we're just about to celebrate our first year in existence. Culture Ego or Culture Go has been a around for much longer. Uh, we celebrate 10 years next year in 2023. Congratulations. Um, but in any case, you know, uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, but in any case, you know, the vision, as you mentioned, as we started this conversation, the vision has always been the same for me and for my partner and the people we work with. 
um, it has to be putting our creatives and cultural workers of the Caribbean region at the heart of what we do. Their work is our focus. This is not, uh, this is not um, a project that is a star project. Um, this is about highlighting and documenting what is actually being produced at a specific point in time. Um, well, for as long as we're around as well to document it. Um, and it's our way of creating this archive and an archive that, you know, we have been a part of, whether creating or facilitating, you know, wherever we stand. Um, so yes, to go back to the question of, yes, in Trinidad and Tobago, we do have a legacy of associations and groups and organizations. Um, because I, I feel as though, you know, when you're, an, when you're on an island, um, the world is pretty small <laughs> and you do have to, you, you understand pretty early that the sense of community is very important. Like you do need to get to know the persons who are doing similar work as you are. You need to reach out in a very real way, uh, get those collaborations, get that help, ask those questions. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to go very far. So in terms of Hot Sun, um, yes, we've, we're almost a year old, um, but it was a major challenge um, for me, but a great one, because I was just really excited about being able to gather the Caribbean in one place. And it was exciting in another sense because we were in the height of the pandemic. And that's when I realized, uh, wait, we don't need a physical space actually to do anything. Uh, this has just actually always been the bonus to have a, a physical space, but every single thing that we imagine or we want to do, this can be done in, in virtual, uh, in a virtual way. And, uh, you know, the, the pandemic really did drive that message home. So I spend a lot of time doing outreach uh, on calls, <laughs> you know, uh, phone calls, meetings, everything is done virtually. And I mean, now as the world is opening back up. Uh, you know, I can't wait to travel and the artists who are in our community as well, you know, like the invitation is open. Uh, they can't wait to travel as well to the various islands, not only to Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, but most importantly, you know, I really found the major advantage of having a virtual space. And I guess this is probably like obvious, but somehow, again, um, the way the world has shifted and changed. Uh, I really do like the idea of Hudson being this mobile entity that is ultra accessible, that you can see who we're, you know, who we're talking about at a specific point in time. You can be in the UK, you can be in Australia. Uh, once your interest is Caribbean contemporary art, you know, there's, we're here and there's so much to discover. Um, and where outreach is concerned, you know, um, we are already establishing a number of partnerships uh, in the US in, you know, develop, well, not developing islands at all. But these are countries that already also have a similar post-colonial legacy and with whom we share a number of stories and narratives and who are just allies. So, you know, this is, you know, this is the, the really great part of being, you know, very mobile. We can literally just have a partnership with a gallery anywhere. And this is the direction I see us going in. And when you say a partnership, so it's not a physical thing, but it all manifests on the website. 
So actually both, all of the above, again, obviously within the current context of things, uh, we, we, you know, everything we've started off virtual. So there's provision for exhibitions to be enjoyed in a virtual way. But, you know, as things return to a more safer, safer space, um, I do see us having physical partnerships and physical galleries and, you know, having a group of Hudson artists visiting and working with galleries as well um, to present their work uh, physically. Because, yes, virtual is great, but it's not perfect. So nothing replaces actually going to a space and enjoying uh, a work of art, you know, up close, seeing the textures and also engaging with the artist physically face-to-face -face. Mm, I agree um and I'd like to know a bit more about how this energy and this network becomes sustainable and how you see yourself creating the future that you imagine for Caribbean artists wow there's a lot of <laughs> the big question that's a, wow yeah, that's a big question, but such a, a such a great question because you know, um, at the end, anything that we we try to do or any of these projects, you know, we need to, that we come up with, we need to be projecting ourselves in the long term, not only for us but because of the entire group and community that's moving around us. So, um, in terms of sustainability, first of all, I think the the most manageable for me is I have no doubt and I really am confident in the resilience of the human spirit. Uh, I believe, I really do believe that, you know, this is how we inspire the generations now and generations to come by doing this work and doing so passionately, intentionally, and it will always resonate, you know, I think as once, you know, once our vision is there, once we're very focused and once we really do it from, from a space where we are, this is not about the individual. This is about growing community. This is about sustaining legacies and memories. So a big chunk of what we do is memory work at um, Hot Sun Contemporary. Uh, but this is the whole, this is the main objective that our stories need to be told in the future. So I think that's the, that's the first and more manageable part for me in terms of sustainability. Uh, the Caribbean region, as many other post-colonial spaces, um, as you may know, really, I, I think our obstacles are uh, from the financial end of things, not because we do not have the finances to invest in the arts and culture, and I'm speaking now with my art, my cultural professional hat on, uh, there there is funding that can be made available for these cultural projects, creative expression. However, there is a, there is a, a gap that needs to be closed into placing value on what is necessary for a population in addition to, let's say, healthcare, uh, roads, transportation. We need, to, we need to include culture and creative expression and the arts as part of that necessary list of vital things that a population needs to thrive, survive, and be and to, to be, be sustainable as, as a country, you know, as a population. Um, you know, and uh, along this, I'm also thinking about well-being, you know, health, mental health, 
uh, all of this growth, education, knowledge, right? Uh, so this is where the sustainability challenge is, or at least for me, I think it lies in the Caribbean. Many islands, I think, are have made a lot more progress than Trinidad and Tobago. I have not lived in these other islands for an extensive period of time um, to pull, pull it apart. But I do know uh, from the reports and the colleagues who I work with, you know, there are little things that exist. For example, institutions that make life a little easier, grants that exist. Um, and for example, you know, in Trinidad and Tobago, we are still at the starting blocks. So there's a lot, a lot of investment that needs to be funneled into the arts and cultural sector here. And well, this is the work, <laughs> this is the huge part of the work that I am doing uh, with our team at Culture Ego and Hot Sun. Um, really keeping at it and really going out there and speaking to, to everyone about the value of what the arts bring, you know, the value of the arts and what the arts bring in a transformative way to society. And does that mean you're speaking with government officials and also private entities like? Yes, all of the above, all of the above. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But again, you know, as with everything, these uh, these are the things uh, that take a while. And it's really about um, it's really about endurance <laughs> and really believing in what you're bringing to the table and keeping at it, you know, because um, I believe it's going to happen, you know, it's going to happen eventually, um, little by little, stakeholders are going to understand and see where we're coming from. But the big part of the sustainability challenge, as I said, uh, sustainability challenge, as I said, is, um, is really about that. The human factor, uh, I really am not worried. I know that we've been telling a lot of stories. We've been making incredible work, whether we've been looking at it um, in, as intently as we do now or whether we are aware of it, that's something else. But the creatives will always create. That's all we, that's, a, that's the only thing we know how to do. <laughs> I think it sounds like you know how to do a lot more things than just create, but, <laughs> or maybe everything is. A creation <laughs> but it's it it's really valuable to know also about how you're inspiring the younger generations who will also be important to this cause and you must yes. have a lot of younger artists around you and looking to you and your organization yeah. Definitely. And both of them. And this from the from the very beginning, you know, um, I have never been never been one to only focus on people who have, quote unquote, already made it or persons who've already been featured in a major magazine or the major newspapers or so, because I think it's like there's been a track record, there's been a track record or there's been a lot of work that has already already been done for them to be there. So what really excites me and what really interests me is, you know, these younger folks who are younger than I am, um, who really are doing already amazing work and who already have something to say. You know, for me, that's far more interesting and they probably won't get the support um, because this is typical. They probably won't get the support or the encouragement to continue. And I think, you know, this is where, this is the, the, the sort of void or this is the area that I'm specifically trying to 
um, to attend to or to assist in in some way. Um, yeah, by facilitating, you know, just a younger generation of musicians, artists, and specifically for Hudson. Right now, we have artists as young as 22 on the Hudson platform, all the way up to folks who have been career artists who have had like a career of 40 years in contemporary art. You know, and I think just the vision, just the aesthetics and the optics of it, of you physically sharing space as a young person or as an older, more established artist with folks who were where you were and inversely uh, for the younger generation to see where they could be. I think that's powerful. I think that's a very inspirational thing, um, you know, in terms of the possibilities. Thank you to Adeline. Her dedication is truly inspiring. You'll find more about Culture Go and Hot Sun over on our Instagram page. And if you enjoyed the episode, do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to take a break and come back with a second series where we'll explore all the more art worlds. This has been Art Worlds with me, Dr. Clea Roberts-Conradi. See you on the next journey.